0: another episode of the Silk and Steel podcast. I am your host, Carl Tsar. Today we have a very special episode. Uh, I am connected with Mr. Xiang Yu, a regular guest on the podcast, who is now uh, hailing all the way from Taiwan. He's there to serve his uh, uh, military service, or, or as you say, alternative alternative yeah, service. service, is that what you call OK, um, maybe you can explain. So for our audience who are not aware, uh, you know, young males on Taiwan have to serve mandatory um, military service. But but there's like different, uh, you know, different ways to go about it. So maybe you can give us a rundown why you are in Taiwan right now, uh, Mr. Xiang-Gi.
1: So um, ever since 1949, um the uh, the draft was introduced, and all males between the ages of eighteen and thirty six. Well, actually, um, they stop drafting you um the year after you turn thirty six. So um, let's say you're born in um like nineteen eighty, you um don't qualify for the draft anymore. In um like yeah, the year like so nineteen eighty, so two thousand seven because um two thousand. S- 2006 is the year you turn 36. So 2007, January 1st, 2007 is a year you, you're no longer under the draft. And um, it used to be like two years. And um, I think it was three years for um, the Marines. But then over time, it gradually got reduced. And when I was younger, it was like a year and 10 months. And then gradually it became one year and now and then it became four months but then recently it got changed back to a year but whenever they change the um the length of the service it's not just like for everyone they do it like the the way they do it is like if you're born from before this year then this is how much time you serve and then if you're born between the years of this and this it's now like whatever so like um i was born in 1993 and um I think during the end, towards the end of um, Ma Joel's leadership, um, they changed it to four months for people born in 1994 and after. So you see what you happened. Like
0: locked out. You won the lottery.
1: I'm locked out. I still have to do one year. And then recently, you might have heard in the news that um, Cai ing um, changed it back to a year. But um, the law applies to people born in 2005 and after. I have a cousin born in 2005, and he's very unhappy.
0: So, so let me ask you a question. Um, How do people get out of it? I mean, like you didn't have to serve uh, until now, right? Like what change, like what, how do you defer or getting out of the service?
1: If you obtain permanent residency in another country before you're 16, then you do not have to serve if you're, if if you stay in Taiwan for less than 183 days a year.
0: Okay, so I know you. I qualify under that. I know you hold an American passport. So how did you, how did you get get dragged into this, into doing the service?
1: Um. Yeah, I stayed in Taiwan from 2017 to 2019, and for a while, this stuff wasn't really enforced. But I think things. I think they kind of got desperate. So um, last year in August, I got a um, notice saying I need to be back in Taiwan within three months, which is why I came back here in um, November. And then I come back in November, and then I go do my um, the um, the physical examinations and stuff to like, to like ensure that I'm fit for service or whatever. And then I waited to get my um notice to like report. And yeah, on March 14th, I went to Um, Banqiao, which is um the um I guess the capital, the the seat of um New Taipei City, where my house- household registration is, and went. Went on the bus to um Chenggongling. Chenggongling is um the military base where um alternative service. So I'm a substitute service. I'm not in the military. We do not have um we do not we are not legally soldiers. And I'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But um substitute military service substitute service people um still have to um do two weeks of basic military training at that um you know military service uh, military um base. And it's it's we can go into get into the differences between um substitute service and um regular military because um there are quite a quite a few differences like with this basic training like for example um if you're drafted into the actual military you're allowed to smoke like on the military base but for us um substitute um substitute um servicemen you're not allowed to smoke at um Chung-gong-ling
0: so so do you get to choose you know when you get the draft card do you get to choose whether you you prefer the uh you you do the actual military service or the alternative service
1: That's a very good question. So um in my case I had no choice. Um I think in 2017 or 2018 they just decided that everyone born between born before 1994 who still hasn't served yet is automatically just going to be in substitute service. But um there are some ways one way is like um, if you do the physical, like the physical examination, and you're not fit enough to do regular military, but you're not unfit enough to be exempt completely, then you're put in um, substitute. But if you, um, if you're um, what is it, Tico? Like if a cate- if you're a category for like your your like score, your your results determine that you are fit for full military. Actual military, you can apply to do substitute and then it's it's a chance like they'll just draw your name out of the hat basically there's also other criteria like um religion if your um religion forbids you from like serving in the military or whatever i 'm not exactly sure like what religions qualify and what religious beliefs qualify and how they go about proving it, but I know that is one of the ways to automatically get put in substitute service. And another is um what is it? How would you translate that? I mean, family situation?
0: Family factors.
1: Family factors. So like um if you're in um the family factor um substitute service is a little bit special because not only are you in substitute service, you're after your basic training, you're allowed to go home every night and they will Make sure you are um, serving, doing your service somewhere, which is um, that is close to where you live, like to feasibly like get to and from every day from your um your um, residency where like your where your household registration is.
0: That's the impression I got from you when the last time I talked, I thought you would be able to go home every night, but apparently not.
1: I thought I would be able to too, but because my parents have been out of taiwan for if you leave Taiwan for more than two years, your household registration gets frozen, so my parents um household registration is in a frozen state right now, so they don't count, so even though they're both over sixty i I don't qualify anymore but if um one of them visits and um they restore their reactivate their household registration, then I can apply
0: oh, so you, so if you have parents over sixty and you can claim that you are uh, the primary caretaker of your parents who are over 60. You are allowed to go home every night.
1: Yeah, well, I'm an only child, so it's very easy for me to just, like, claim that. But let's say I have a sibling. Unless my sibling makes below a certain amount, it won't work. Or, like, let's say I have a child who's, um, I believe, under 12. Or if I have a pregnant wife who's, I think, pregnant for, I think it's six months or more, then... um. Then I can also apply for this um chatting insu, like the family factor thing, but um yeah as of as of now, I'm like just regular substitute substitute service, and um
0: yeah, Sounds that's, like that's an like incentive for people to get knocked up or knock up their drugs <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and I mean, some ways that people get out of military service to like actually get out of it is um they eat a lot and get very fat or they start losing a lot of weight and get to, um, and get underweight. And there's also other, other ways. I mean, you can, um, if you regularly, let's say like you really don't want to do a military service, but you're fine. Like your mental health is fine. But if you keep on going to a um, psychiatrist and your psychiatrist kind of, you don't, you can't say like you just want to get out of service, but you know, there are ways to kind of insinuate that. And you know, they want to, they want to keep patients. So you can, you know pretend to be bipolar and as long as you have records of going there regularly and getting you know having ongoing treatment then you can get exempt i mean there are some um legislators here who are suspected of doing that but i can't say it because i don't have proof and that would be slander but you know people people have um their ideas and thoughts about it so yeah there are some differences between um i mean one of the biggest ones is we're not legally soldiers and we're um, and um when we serve we're not serving um in military capacity um there are certain things like um there's like social um like like so um i uh, will translate all of this into english there's um i think um Jiao yu so like examples would be like you go to a, you go work in a um assistant role at a school like that's in the more rural area or, um, in one of the offshore islands, or you go like, or if you're in like social service, you go like take care of like retirees and like stuff like that. Or there's also, there's also, um, people who go and work at household registration offices and, or for city governments and just work in, you know, support, supporting roles. That's basically what we do. We work in, um, supporting roles in different, um, government or social, um, um, what is it? Organization. It, it, it
0: sounds like what in United U, U.S. called a uh, community service, right? Except you, you do it away from home.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of like that with a combination of um being on um, parole from prison because um so I was in um boot camp for two weeks and um it's fine it's like whatever but let's say um so right now I work at the um the training center of the National Fire um Fire Agency let's say I go and beat up my boss or beat up, like, one of my superiors. They have the right to send me back to um, the military base, Gongling. And when they do that, it's um, from anywhere between 8 to 16 weeks. And those 8 and 16 weeks weeks don't count as, like, part of your service. So, like, the timer stops you go there and um, it's not like boot camp anymore it's um you're under like 24 hour supervision and they will they will work the shit out of you it's basically gulag
0: Wow okay um, so maybe talk about your uniform because I noticed your uniform is like not what you typically consider military uniform is that like a firefighter uniform
1: not firefighter but the red one is for people who are doing their alternative service at um the fire agency whether it be the training center or hq they want to transfer me to the hq later they just want me to um like learn the ropes at the training center so um yeah right i'm back home right now um because it's the long weekend for um the tomb sweeping holiday but um right now um for the next two months during the weekdays i'll be living in my dorm and um Nantou, which is in central Taiwan, where the training center for the National Fire Agency is. And um, it's that fire training agency is that, th- yeah, the training center is um, the largest in Asia and third largest in the world. So wow. maybe at some point, maybe um, we can do another episode because right now I don't have much experience there. I've only been there for three days, whereas I have like two weeks at um at boot camp. So we can talk mostly about boot camp today. But maybe somewhere down the line, we can do um, an episode on like what it's like working
0: are you allowed to film outside, or are you even allowed to have a cell phone?
1: Yeah, yeah, only. Um, yeah, um, we have time off. It's it's like nine to five. After five, we're 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 free to do whatever we want. I can go on your show and um, in my dorm room, no problem. But it's um what where we're not allowed to have a cell phone. Well, we are, but we aren't. Was um boot camp the two weeks? The first day they'll um have you put your phone in a bag with, and you write your name on it and um, on the bag and like your ID, the ID number you're assigned when you're in there and you write um like so it's like, the, it's basically like stuff that they put in the safe. Like each, each of us has like a little tiny, like it's kind of like one of those like smaller bank safes. And then during shower time, we're allowed to um, like sign a form and get it because legally um, they have to let us contact our family um, once a day so um, when we sign it it's saying like it's proving that they're allowing us to do that and in the past what they did was um, give access to pay phones but in this modern era they give us you know our phones but like as a formality you're supposed to write like who you're contacting so like on the form you'll see like just the whole line of like like fool which is like father or mu which is like mother but people are just like using they're, they're calling anyone they want or they're just like scrolling on Instagram or TikTok or whatever And, um, which is funny because the way they punish us collectively when, when we, um, piss off the, um, or, um, what is, um, in, um, in Chinese, in English?
0: Squat leader? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think there's like, there's, anyways, like the superiors, if we piss them off and they want to punish us collectively, they'll subtract our, um, shower time. The bare minimum is 30 minutes, but, um, it starts at like 50 and we can, they can reward us with more, but, um my my um squadron had very many how do you say um special characters i guess you would call them kind of like hooligans <laughs>
0: That sounds
1: like another word for thugs. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because um they they will punish us in, um individually. Like there's like a point system where you get points subtracted or um added, and like the more points you get, it's more like you get like more days off. Like once you're sent off to um, wherever you're like you're supposed to work, and then you can get points subtracted and like it affects your score and like where I I think it affects where you can apply to um serve like the remainder of your service. So like. Yeah, we have the collective punishment, which doesn't affect us, like besides the shower time. But then, like our individual scores, and every day on the bulletin board, they'll have like the um, like who got who got like points deducted or added. And I, I shit you not, on one day there was like <laughs> for the there was like the the person's ID number, like um like zero seven, x is like their number because zero seven is like the seventh um squadron, which is my squadron. And I I shit you not the reason was, in <laughs> the threw a steam bun, at the in the cafeteria and so got f- caught. So f- f-
0: they, they got they got. Now, 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 are their names spelled out on these bulletin board? Uh, do you would you know who was a transgressor?
1: Now, here's the thing, if they actually wrote the names, we wouldn't know because, like, when you're in there, you don't really know. Like, I mean, you, you start knowing the names of the people that you get close with, but most other people, you just know them by numbers. Like, to me, like me, like, the way I was known to most of the other people around was, um, 116, like 116.
0: Ah, okay. So the boot camp then is actually held on an actual military base, right?
1: Yeah, but it's a separate section. So, um, it's it's interesting because, um, what is Zhongde Zhang in? In, in English. Let me, let me look it up. 中队长, in English. Is it lieutenant? Or no, no, it's not lieutenant. It's squadron chief or whatever. At that level, he's an actual soldier. He's an actual military member. But then below him, like the 区队长, Zhang, there are other alternative service members and like their alternative service is just to like stay on that military base and handle like The new alternative service, substitute service, people who go in, and um, yeah, we're separate for them. We have different rules. We have different uniforms. The uniform looks very similar to this, but um, over there it's khaki, and instead of like these customized name tags with our names and like um, our like positions on them, it's just like a number. And like on the second day, one of our first tasks is to sew our name tags onto our uniforms, like our number tags onto our uniforms so it's very obvious because um our uniform is like that and then a white undershirt whereas military i wasn't supposed to get this but i did anyways because yeah because it's right to rebel this is the undershirt that um the um the army army draftees wear and they have their uniforms over this but a lot of times when they're not on duty you'll see them walking around wearing this
0: so where did you get that you bought bought it on aliexpress or something
1: no, 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 I got it on the military base because um, on the first day, we have to go buy some stuff that we might need. And um, they put all of our stuff together. I, like, they're just saying, okay, you're not military. You're not supposed to buy that stuff. So then I'm like, okay, but they want to make money. So my money is green.
0: <laughs>
1: or actually, it's my, well, the $100 bills over here are red. Just like on the mainland, yeah. My 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 um my sins are as red as everyone else's. So they they accepted. I
0: got it. And we are re-recording this segment because uh, as our last recording finished, Xiang Yu finally surfaced with more funny stories. So I felt like we have to capture this in video. Um and and you know we, because we had to cover a lot of information. So uh, some of the more fun aspects of serving the selective service or alternative service in Taiwan got left out. So, but let's put that back in because this is, this is a good stuff. So, uh, Xiang Yu, please tell us how you impersonated a Taiwanese military personnel on the Taiwanese military base.
1: It wasn't like on the military side of it. It was in our barracks. So it, it was still in the alternative service area. But sometimes like military people come here because I mean, there is some interaction because we are getting basic dis- like military discipline. And um, what um, I, I mentioned earlier how we have different uniforms and this, what I'm wearing now, the the this um, digital camouflage undershirt is worn underneath their uniforms. And when they're not on duty, like some a lot of times they'll just like where walk around in this and still have the hat, and um we're not supposed to get these hats, but then um as a reward for carrying um the sixty five k twos like for four days like many kilometers like marching back and forth between um our side of the base and their side of the base and going through all of the bullshit um bureaucracy, they let us go back to the um the store to um buy um buy drinks not like not alcoholic drinks but like sodas and stuff that we weren't able to drink during our, um, during the rest of our, um, training and right next to it is like the store where they sell like these sorts of goods for the army. And that's, so I went in and I was like, I kind of want to get a hat and also a shirt as a souvenir of like having been at this base before. So I did zero problems. And then the next day during our um, afternoon break, I was bored. So I just put it on during um you know when we were back in our barracks and then i noticed when i i, I didn't take it off when i went to go pee <laughs> on my way to the bathroom I, I, there were like two people who um saw me stopped stood, stood up straight and said Shizong hao" i guess it's like um the,
0: the american american audience who grew up on this steady diet of uh, anime would know this as senpai
1: yeah basically oh i'm i'm dressed in this uniform while I'm drinking from my mouth cup
0: nice you know what i want to see i want to i want to see your your appearance appearing on the chinese state television cgtn wearing your taiwanese military uniform with the insignia <laughs> no, that, no,
1: i think that might actually get me in trouble but um yeah. this i'm just like kind of um, reenacting the story um so i noticed i was like shit people recognize this like they see the uniform and they don't see me. Well, I guess some, the mask mandate is still in, enforced like on the military base. So like they saw my eyes and um, our squadron was pretty big, like 160 people. So not not everyone actually knows everyone. So they said that to me. So I was like, oh, shit, I, I get to fuck around now. So I'm like, so I just walk around. After I pee, I go find my friends who are just chilling there. I put my mask on kind of I just walk up. Stern face. Okay, let me get back into character. I'm going to stand away from the microphone so um, it doesn't clip.
2: <laughs> like, they were all
1: like, oh shit. And then like, they looked at my eyes more closely. And they were like, goddammit, damn it, Fuck you. <laughs>
2: That's
0: pretty good, you know. You had me convinced for a fraction of a second. I mean, uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good mannerism and intonation.
1: Because we had this one, um one he's also alternative service. He tried to get into, um, like, ganbu, so, like, become, like, um a squad leader. But um I guess because of health reasons, he didn't pass. So I guess he's a bit salty about that. So even though he's not at that position, he kind of acts that way. And then, like, when he yells at us, he yells at us that way. And It's really funny because the way he walked around was like this. I'm gonna look around like this and when he gets mad his hands shake and he was like he'd be
2: like do <laughs> I
1: I just gotta had him in mind and um yeah so that's why um that's that's the the use I got out of um this cosplay outfit, I guess
2: you could call so, it. so
0: I noticed you use the term kanbu or cadre to, to describe the military officers. I'm actually surprised that they use that term in Taiwan because uh, you know, I always, growing up on mainland China, I thought that was exclusively you know, mainland Chinese term. ganbu uh, means cadre, you know, cadre in the communist uh Party, the, the cadre in the, in, the, in the communist-dominated government. So I, I'm actually surprised to learn that ganbu is also a term that was widely in use in Taiwan itself.
1: But you shouldn't be surprised because um the PLA and the um the R O C A um share common roots um um the Huangpu Military Academy.
0: Yeah, that's true. They they all have the common origin from the Huangpu Military Academy. But you were telling me something uh, about the toilet that was reserved for military cadres in in Taiwan. There's two
1: two stories in our building in the barracks. I was on the second floor. Now there's um two sides. On the, we're only allowed to use um the bathrooms on the um the side that's like on the right if you leave the barracks. The one on the left is reserved for the cadre. So I've never been in. I don't know what it looks like. But even in our bathrooms, there's like two stalls reserved for cadre. I guess if I don't know, just just in they get their own cadre. They they, they get their own like toilets, and they're the sit-down toilets. All of our toilets are are all of our toilets are the are the squat toilets and some people have bad aim is all I can say about the squat toilets and I'm not talking about aim with peeing because peeing happens in the urinals I'm talking about and yeah, it's kind of nasty but um anyways the um the stalls reserved for the cadre I guess they were too lazy to write bu, like like uh, com- completely so they just wrote like kan, like on a piece of paper stuck to the door <laughs>
0: So for for our non Chinese uh, speaking audience, now we have to we have to explain what is "gan."
1: <laughs> okay, long story. In Hokkien or Minanhua, like the local dialect here in Taiwan, um, like to fuck is "gan," and like if it's like in the first, like gan, if it's in the first, um, if it precedes other, um. Words, characters, in a phrase, and it, its tone becomes gun. So like, fuck your mother is karinya, and then I guess that got shortened to gun, and um, because it sounds like um, in Mandarin, like gun means like to do. I guess like it kind of got adapted, and it kind of got absorbed into Mandarin, and it's even used somewhat on the mainland today. I guess it's because of
0: not somewhat. I mean. Y- it's widely understood. If you say "gun," we all know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's understood, but like you go to like you you go to like um like Hebei, like people will usually like default to like tao. like they won't say like "gun," but they'll understand it. But it's like in Taiwan over here, it's like let's say like let's say you um you're you're drinking coffee, like really hot coffee, you spill it on yourself, like your default expletive might be like something like that, you know. So yeah, it's funny because like it's just written like gun. So, so like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a bathroom stall of all places.
1: <laughs> yeah, think of a bathroom stall that just says fuck on the on the door. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Wow. I think that completes uh, on <laughs> this segment
1: of our um of our um thing. And, I can, and with some editing magic, I'm gonna be changing back into my um alternative service uniform and not this.
0: How many how many people are serving with you right
1: now? It's hard to say because um my 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 squadron, like Chi had a like a a little over a hundred sixty people. Oh wow. Okay. But when you talk about the number of Ti Dai, like I don't know how many there are right now. I, mean, I could look it up, but it's not off the top of my head. And then um at the training center, I I there's probably like it's in the teens. I like I I work directly with like um
0: would you say there's more people in the actual military service than the alternative service?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We make up like um less than ten percent.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Are there um, any kind of bowling, or is is uh, is there any widespread bowling activity on base?
1: Um, I didn't see any except for one, but um, that happened because this one kid was suspected of snitching on these people who were smoking in secret. He um cuz we're supposed to wear our hats when we're outdoors and we're and then when we take them off indoors. Well um, these um kids like threw, threw that person's hat the suspected snitch's hat into like the um the sewage drain. <laughs> okay.
0: So so okay, so let, let's say you put on your military uniform now, do you get in trouble? Like, uh, is there any kind of regulation that you cannot masquerade in as a soldier?
1: I mean, it depends. If, if I walk out, like, of my, like, the barracks and, like, I encounter, like, actual military people, they'll be like, who are you and why aren't you, like, doing what you're supposed to do? That'll be the type of trouble. Whereas, like, in the barracks, it's like, they'll probably just be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, just stop fucking around. I mean, I mean, I guess they could get us into more trouble, but realistically, that's what they'll do.
0: But, but, but what if you wear it outside the barracks?
1: I only wore it in the barracks area. Like, I didn't, like, go to other... Well, see, like, you had to stick with your people all the time. If I... I wouldn't get to that level because let's say I put this on and we're going to, like, go to... um, We have many lectures to attend. And let's say we're about to go to, um, like, one of the lecture halls. By the, even before we leave our barracks, like we have like this little like, lot area in front of our barracks where we like, start marching and whatever. They would, like if I'm not dressed in the same uniform as everyone else, it would just be like, I would get in trouble. And they would probably get rid of shower time and like, um, deduce points from me, deduct points from my score or whatever. So I wouldn't get to that level. But. So how
0: long do you have to spend in the boot camp in the military base? It was
1: um, like roughly two weeks. It was like um, including the day that we left, the morning we left, it was 16 days.
0: Like once, once after the initial training period, are you just like, you, you're just sent out of the military base and you, you just uh, never come back? Or you still have to regularly report to the military base?
1: You don't go back. You don't go back unless you get the gulag, like I said. Like if like, let's say I skip work three days in a row then i would get sent back for 8 to 16 weeks and i don't want that oh another another thing like if, if my thing in the training center they they're like one thing to very be careful about is um don't like in the dorm buildings there are certain floors that are like um for like like um, female trainees they're like if don't if you accidentally get to one of the floors in the elevator do not leave the elevator because once you cross the threshold it's you're automatically sent back to sungoling they're like that's a teleportation hub basically if you, they're like, if you really miss Tunguling, just go to that floor <laughs> and just cross the threshold, and um, yeah, military um, military police will um, send you back right away.
0: Wait, so okay, the the military service is not mandatory for women, right?
1: It's not. No, but, but see, I'm working at the National Fire Agency Training Center, so it's like female firefighters, like who want to be who are being trained.
0: Okay, so so no gender mixing, no. no. Oh,
1: there is, but not in like living quarters. Ah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I guess like women are allowed into like the males, like the male floors, but not vice versa. It's for it's for their it's for their protection. Yeah, which makes I, sense. that makes sense.
0: I mean, so how many uh, people do you do you share a door like a dorm room with?
1: Oh, so um, my dorm room can fit up to four people, but I only have one and a half roommates, and I say half because one of them. Lives, like, right next to that training center. And um, he qualifies for, like, the family factor thing. So, he goes home at 5 every day. But he still has that room. So, like, when we have, like, our um, break time, like, in the afternoon, he has a place. He has a desk. He has a bed. He can, like, take a nap on and whatever. But realistically, I only have one roommate right now.
0: Uh, Right now, are are you finished with your training right now? Are you you done with with the training phase?
1: The, The, um training team. for my um, uh, the fire stuff
0: uh, like like okay so, so so right now you have graduated from the military base now you are working yes. at a fire station and 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 you will stick with a fire station for the entirety of the alternative service or you you will be sent elsewhere uh,
1: right now my um, they want to send me to the national fire agency's headquarters in Taipei but before they do that they want me to work two two months at the training center it's because like they have a lot of tasks there that if i like the workload is a little bit less and they want me to know everything and it's more realistic for me to learn how to do everything over there than in headquarters in Taipei. And because it's the training center where, like, you know, new um, firemen are, like, trained. And, you, we also, and we also get a lot of, like, foreign, like, guests, like, fire, like, agencies from, like, from abroad who come here. Because, I mean, we are the largest in Asia and the third largest in the world. Like they'll need they'll need a translator, so they want me to because they know I'm bilingual, so they want me to um work as a translator over there. And whenever foreigners come and I translate, every hour, like my entire day is like I get all those hours, but every hour also counts as um like um what is it like Japan? Like after what is it?
0: Uh, like uh, 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 after hours. So so do you get, get the do you get do you get a bonus? Do you, do you get bonus pay for like uh, working after hours?
1: you don't get bonus pay, you get bonus days off. Nice, nice. And if I stack enough of them, like my, my service ends in, on March 13th of next year. But if I stack up enough of them, I could leave before them. But then they have a policy, which is like, if you have a lot of these days, like, and you try to stack them all up, let's say I have 30 of them and I just I just blow them all at once. I still have to go and like report to work once every 10 days. But I can just go in and swipe in, card in, card out.
0: So I understand you said most people are just there to, you know, because it's something they have to do. But does the training for the alternative service actually prepare you for, you know, other walks of life once you leave it? Like, like does it actually give you usable skills, you know, usable work skills, um, you know, leave you better than you first started?
1: I think, um, it's good for discipline and r- maintaining a routine and, um, um, like time management because like y- over there, like being early means being on time, being on time means you're late and being late means you're fucked or you-, you get yelled at. So, um, yeah. Other than that, I think, um, just learning to get along with other people and working with them and just having each other's backs. Cause like, um. I told you about how like th- sometimes they collectively punish us, even though like like that one guy threw the um the bun, even though like I had nothing to do with it, but I still got my shower time reduced. The point of that is like to make sure we um to encourage us to like you know have each other's backs. One thing that they do to us is um <laughs> during lunch like when we're in the mess hall and we eat, we're supposed to push our um like um our seats under the table when we get up to um you know get more um like soup or whatever. If you don't push it back in um your what they'll make you do is um take your stool, go to the front of the mess hall, lift it above your head, and say um <laughs> like ten times <laughs> and um so then what we what eventually we do is like if like the, the person sitting next to us doesn't push it in, we'll just push it in for them to avoid that embarrassment for them, and then when the times I've gotten up and without pushing my um stool in, like I've, you know, they've helped me out too. So I've never had to lift my stool up and say, "I'm sorry, bench, sorry bench, sorry bench."
0: So,
2: 10
1: so
0: times. wait, so if if one person makes trouble and get all all of you into collective punishment, now do you all just like beat up on that person? <laughs>
1: um, not really. Um, a lot of times. That doesn't happen when, like, it's just one person. It's, like, it's more like if there's, like, 10 people fucking around. So, like, in the case of the, um, the, the, the steam bun, the food fight person, it was, like, basically 10 people being disorderly, and then that one person also took, also got, like, a point deducted because he, he got caught throwing a, (laughs) throwing a bun by, um, one of the, um, superiors. Got it,
0: got it. Okay, so no, no horsing around on the military base
1: there is but you have to be smart with it. The way I I was smart with it because um whenever um we had to do like team activity like group activities like clean or like lift things or whatever I wouldn't like just step up and do like a lot of the harder work. So then like I, knowing that like you know, if I fuck around, like, they'll probably be a little bit more lenient on me and the other people I'm around.
0: Now, is there a conversion from alternative uh, service to actual military service? Let's say there's, like, a national emergency or something. Is that is that supposed to happen?
1: Well, I mean, if there's an emergency, like, in, like, I, I mean, in Ukraine, like, even 60 people up to 60 are being drafted, so who knows? But there is no, like, formal, like, conversion, like, Thing. like you don't once you're in alternative service you're not you're, you're not a regular soldier
0: okay well my earlier question about the usable skills so like for example right now you are trained at a uh, uh, for firefighting like if people want to go on to become a firefighter does the, their training as an alternative service actually help them do, do you actually gain yeah okay so that's good so, I mean, like... Well,
1: I mean, I haven't seen it yet because I just got to the tr- the, the fire agency. So, I've, I've only been there for, like, three days. So, I think we can do another episode on that because um, that's going to be totally different from boot camp. Like, today, we can just talk about all the stories and the shenanigans and stuff that happened at boot camp, which um, are okay. quite a bit of funny stories. That's fair. Yeah, there's, like, like the whole <laughs> and um, it's just a lot of, like, it, it, it builds up your bullshit tolerance because, like, you go in... And then you're like to the mess hall, you're supposed to stand at your seat, but you're not supposed to pull it out or do or put down your stuff until you're ordered to. So, like, the um, your squad leader or like Xue Zhang, like, or whoever who takes you in will say, like, I'm gonna step away from the microphone so that it doesn't clip. So, then, like, you're supposed to, oh, this has a strap, but I took it off, but you're supposed to like tie it up, put it on your um, on your table. And then you're supposed to keep your hand on it until he says okay like "how?" Then you lift it. And then they'll be like um they'll be like um "call It's like so, and you're supposed to um put your um go like, put your hands on the stool. But You're supposed to stay in this position until he says like "okay, how?" And then you have to wait for him to say Joe wait." That's when you like step in front of your stool. And then when he says "halt," that's... No, no, he doesn't "halt." He says That's sit down. That's when you sit down. And um, so, the, I mean, the first few days, a lot of times I mean, when they say things like, like, place your eye objects, you put it down and you lift it right away. And then you get yelled at. So then, like, by, like, the third day, what happens is, like, there's this. But then, like, when other people are about to lift their hands, you just, like, intervene. You're just like, no, don't yeah it's it's kind of
0: okay so a little bit team building a little bit of uh discipline following orders
1: well a lot of discipline a lot of it's all it's a lot of bullshit i mean they know they know it's bullshit
0: and there's also um i mean we're not
1: military we, we don't get like um we don't get like worked out as much i mean we we do have like our like exercises and stuff but we don't have like these drills where like we like you know like go through obstacle courses and stuff the army does but we still have to like learn how to like properly like get into formation and um like turn and like march like and whatever and um there's also that thing where it's i don't know how to say these things in english but then it's like w- when you stand like in a line in front of your um squad leader or like squadron leader or whatever and they're like um like whoever, whoever, like you're supposed to, like he's saying like like It's so, and like was supposed to like stand right in front of um the squad leader, so then like you start like reporting your numbers so like, let's say I'm like the first one, I'm supposed to go, eight, and then the other person's supposed to go er. so let's say um so like the person that's supposed to be right in front of him is like eight, Ba, right, a lot of this happened a lot, eight, and the next person,, 二! and then to ba right. It's supposed to stop there But the person next to him Like Just forgets And he'll go Jo. So he fucks up the whole thing So then What is it that the squad leader says
0: Um
1: Did you understand that?
0: You have to start over again right So everyone Yeah
1: but you probably didn't catch Every single word That I said
0: All right,
1: I just heard 重爆 <laughs> Yeah he says <laughs> 重爆 I didn't know until the very last day when I asked him, or, I'm like, yeah, so what is it that you're actually saying? Because I, I just hear, like, I hear Guan, and I hear Bao. other stuff I don't really hear. And like, a lot of times, like, the first few days, it's like, I don't even, like, know, like, half of what he's saying, because that's ha- that that's how he gave orders. Like, he would say, he would be like, 看你世界第八元为中暗舞! Um, and so then, when he says Like let's say the eighth person like if your two is left you're supposed to look this way if your two is right you're supposed to look this way and That's then you're the supposed to like word do I this
0: understood by the way're uh, yeah, uh, supposed to like
1: do this so like your like distance is like equal and then like the right person is there and then he'll be like and then what do you say and then w- once you're like ready like in the right place you will be like did you get that
0: uh,
1: look forward yeah yeah I heard to Look 向左看齐,
0: looking to the
2: left So yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: you're supposed to like So then you're all aligned And then and then once you're done he will be like cut." So you look forward you, you're, So like, we're not military But we still have to do all not, that stuff
0: a big question for me Is, is it fun? Did you, do you find it fun?
1: it's fun after the fact like during it's like it's a lot of bullshit and then like marching like when we go when, when we like walk to places we're supposed I mean this is how I knew like nobody was taking us seriously because we're supposed to like march like you know left right left right like on the right foot but only a few times was that actually enforced most of the times it's not enforced and then every like and then every now and then he'll just like they'll just like yell at us being
0: like oh like 准- so, among the people that serve with you, uh, are most of them doing the four month, or are they doing the one year?
1: Um. Okay. So it's interesting. If if your physical examination um qualifies you for um regular service, but you apply for substitute and you're four months, you're supposed to do six. Now, for me, it's like one year either way. But then if you're like the family factor thing, it's four months. So most of them were like six months and like four months. There were only like, – in my in my squadron, there were only like, like four people who were doing a year.
0: Okay, wow. So, so the people that you started with, there will be – most of them will be gone like halfway or even before halfway through your service.
1: Yeah, so I'm just like – when, like, they were complaining about having to do their service. And I'm like, okay, first off, you're not in the military. Second, like, your job's easy. And you're only, you're only doing four months. Like
0: It's like a summer summer boot camp.
1: It's basically, it's funny. It's funny because um, it basically is, like, summer camp. I think, I think of it as, like, um, discipline, di- disciplinary summer camp for juvenile delinquents. <laughs>
0: but mandatory for every woman.
1: Yeah, but it's funny because the first day we got off the bus, our um, squad leader came and he was like, I'll translate this afterwards. Wait, in
0: the exact same tone of voice? Yeah, that's basically how he
1: talked. Oh, it was funny because um, I ended up adding. Our, um, our our squad leader on Instagram because I found it. And like I posted a I posted an Instagram story of me like imitating him. Going guys, And he actually responded. He was like like he was like that's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's this like 20-year-old kid. And um, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good kid. But he his he, his role just means he has to. So a lot of these people, like he's so he's also alternative service because he's not like at the level where you're supposed to be military. He's on a lower level of authority, but um, people are incentivized to like become those roles because like our pay is very low. It's like um, um we have like roughly. A little bit north of a one hundred U.S. dollar stipend for food and transport, and then on top of that our like actual pay is like about a little bit north of two hundred U.S. dollars a month.
0: But wait, wait, for food, but they provide you food on base, right?
1: Um, at, at, at the at the um military base they do, but like once we're out and serving on our um in our positions, they don't provide it because we're not military. You have, have to remember, so that's why we get the food and transport subsidy, and um. So it's very it's very meager pay, but if you apply to like become gambu, like um, so you're still alternative service mem- member, but you have a higher role and you have to manage other people, then your pay doubles. And then if you get to a higher position, like the the the, the position after that, which is the highest you can get as an alternative service member, it doubles again. So, so um, you're
0: you're conditioned to climb that ladder.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, our this guy's twenty, so he. Didn't go to college. He's fresh out of high school. He um, and oh, maybe not. Like, yeah, he he didn't go to college. He's out of high school, so and he helps out at his um, parents' own um, business selling um flowers for funerals. So um, yeah, he's um, he's a hardworking kid, like good kid, and he's like you can actually tell he's one of those like um like just很乖的小孩了. So it's it's actually out of his character to be. Yelling at us, but um, he he. I think he his service ends next month, actually. So he's really excited about that.
0: Oh, so he's one of those four month people.
1: No, I think he's six months. Oh, six month people. Okay. But it's it's interesting because our um, the reason why substitute service was introduced is because um, out of consideration for those who are against um, being in the military because you know holding guns and like it, it's um. It's conditioning for killing and stuff, and it might be against their morals or their religion, which is why they do um alternative service. And bef- but my um how do you say Tizi in English? Tizi like like I'm like the wave. I guess okay. So I'm like I'm the I guess class. I'm the 242nd class of this alternative service. There's like one class like every month, except for the month where Chinese New Year is. Mine is the first one, and like so, alternative service was introduced in 2000 on um, May 1st of 2000 shortly after Chen Sui-bian was elected. And um yeah, so alternatives before this we don't we didn't get training with actual weapons. We, um the most we would do is do um like a virtual training It's like you have like a model gun that's like um connected to like this gas thing so it simulates recoil and it's basically like a video game. But I guess because of heightening um the 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 situation with the mainland nowadays they decided it's still voluntary that we were not forced to do it but we're allowed to um sign up to um go like shoot guns well i thought it would be fun because i you know, shooting guns is fun but then like i but then what it ended up being was like two days of sitting there learning about gun safety and like whatever and then like getting being allowed to shoot nine rounds and um, it's really stupid because all alternative service like groups, all the squadrons particip- had people participating in shooting. But you know which squadron was responsible for um borrowing and returning the guns because we're not military. So we had to, like, march, like, two kilometers to, like, the um where the weapons were stored at the military. And we had to wait there because there was a lot of paperwork because we're not military. So we had to borrow the guns. And then they had to send their people to, like, accompany us back to um, our area of the of the boot camp and whatever and at the end of the day we had to like march again holding like with with our guns back whatever yeah my, my squadron was responsible for that but um we all got a lot of points added for doing that though four days um yeah we, we had to do that for four days so, like even the days we didn't shoot we had to like go borrow the guns so that we could like familiar, familiarize ourselves with it it's the um the 65k2 which is um a gun from uh. Nineteen seventy six. Sixty five is the sixty fifth year of the Republic, which is nineteen seventy six. So, um yes, from the Cold War. I guess um Chiang Kai shek never held one because he died in nineteen seventy-five. But it's it's very it's kind of similar to an M sixteen, but they're old and like they, the a lot of time ta- a lot of a lot of times um the bullets kept on getting stuck. It was in yeah, it sucked. And yeah, the sixty five K two sucks. They they got um the, the the standard issue um, rifle in the military now in Taiwan is the um, the T-Goyao the T-91 which came out in 2002 so the 91st year of the Republic yeah so the 65K2 is like the predecessor of that yeah so there was that and um, the media came because it was a big deal that substitute service members were like getting gun training even though substitute service was introduced because out of respect for people who don't want to hold guns. So I think... I think this is a government kind of admitting that substitute service is just where a lot of people go when they want to bitch out of normal military service, which is true. But you,
0: you said there's, that's only 10% of the people who actually go through the overall military service, right? Only 10%.
1: Yeah, but I mean, most of them, a lot of them are people who, like... Yeah, I mean, if, if people can get it, they try. I mean, not everyone who is in Tidai, like, I mean, there's more people who apply for it than who get in so yeah there are a lot of people who are trying to get in so they don't have to do the regular military service because it's um oh it's a lot harder it's more rigorous and their bathrooms are a lot dirtier <laughs> there's stories of people who go to the military and like don't shit for like 10 days and then have to get hospitalized because it's that dirty
0: wow wow okay and there's only one instance in my entire life where i can't go to the bathroom because it was so dirty it was uh but yeah i wow
1: yeah so there there's that and um you want to i guess you want to hear some funny stories sure
0: yeah always up for funny stories Fifth,
1: fifth squadron so um our mess halls are we get our food delivered um by a company called which um let's say like there's like five different things that were served they're like in these like really big like pots right they come in a truck and then um the so like the people who are like responsible for the food and like each squadron go like they they get called to go to the mess hall to prepare like half an hour earlier to like get everything straight or whatever anyways in the fifth squadron I'm in the seventh squadron in the fifth squadron there are these people because we're not keep in mind um Alternative service members aren't allowed to smoke during um, the the two um, the two weeks of basic training. These kids had the idea of um, <laughs> working out a deal with one of the food truck drivers to bring in a whole carton of cigarettes. And the way they did it was um, basically like let the um, driver overcharge for the cigarettes. Of course, that's easy money. It's like free money to be made. So, yeah. And which, it was all fine and dandy, but then they got caught smoking. So the thing is, like, the higher ups know that there's going to be some kids who are smoking in secret anyways, but basically don't be, don't be stupid about it. They got, I mean, in my squadron, there were people who, um, went and smoked, like, um, some of them, like, multiple times a day, like, to the point where they weren't even trying to hide it anymore. But there are people who have, like, certain types of tattoo with a certain reputation that kind of, and, like, some of the people in charge were kind of intimidated by them, which was why, <laughs> which was why it was kind of allowed, but still not allowed because they still like they got ratted out by somebody. So then they still had to go through the formalities of like, you know, investigating. And then that, the conclusion was, yeah, we couldn't find any of the cigarettes. But I mean, there's security camera footage, but I guess they were too lazy to go through that. And I would have been fucked because um I don't smoke. Usually, I sometimes like will have a cigarette or two, but one night I couldn't sleep, so I go downstairs to like um, go to the bathroom. And I see these like some of those kids like you know, just chilling out there. They like to just sit outside and just chill. And um, one of them told me, "Hey, is um does one thirty live in your uh, live upstairs with you?" I was like, "Yeah, he's right across from me." He's like, "Go um tell him to bring his cough drops down. He'll know what he, he'll know what we mean." I'm like, "Okay," so I like, go up. What the fuck? go. you know like like, oh whatever okay so then five minutes later i'm I'm at this point i'm curious i mean i kind of have an idea of what's going on he shows up with cigarettes and he asked me if i want to go with them so i'm like sure okay this is kind of fun like you get the thrill of doing bad things so yeah we went but like we we didn't get caught and like there wasn't, like, a huge, like, shakedown in our squadron, like, in the other one where, um, they got caught, and then one of them, like, was, like, stupid enough to admit to, like, the higher-ups that, how they got the cigarettes. So, the way my the people in my squadron got the cigarettes, because, like, they take away, like, if you have cigarettes, I need to take it away on day one. And they, they will inspect your stuff pretty thoroughly, like, on, in the first two days. So, like, it's not, unless you keep it in your pocket at all times, like, They'll find it, but a lot of people don't know these like tricks until like the third or fourth day after they learn the ropes. So the way that the people in my squadron got the cigarettes was um. So you're allowed to um go go to the clinic if you're feeling uncomfortable, and um yeah, most of the people... most at, at, in my squadron at least who went to the clinic each day, there's nothing wrong with them. They just want to um get out of doing the work, and they they go with their friends, so they all like say like, oh, I'm. I'm I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. And then, like, if it's something that the clinic can't take care of, they'll transfer you to the um the military hospital in Taizong, in in the city center, which is like a forty minute bus ride. And then once you're there, you get like two to three hours to like go see whoever you need to see. And we we are accompanied by um pe- by like the people who supervise us. But the, it's a pretty big hospital. They can't look. They can't like monitor us at all times. So some of them will sneak out. And walk across the street to the convenience store, buy cigarettes, and then go back. And that's how that's how I got back in. So, yeah, it's I, – I went – so, like, the last two days of um, basic training, it's, like, bullshit. Because you already know your results. You know your exam scores. You know where you're going to go. But you still have to attend lectures and stuff. And it's just, like, why? So then I was just, like, okay, yeah, my eyes feel dry. So I went to the clinic. And I, I just thought I just wanted to skip class one day. So I went to the clinic one day and I talked to the um, the doctor and he was like, yeah, um, the eye drops we have here are um, antibacterial. And I don't suggest using antibacterials for your condition because it kills beneficial bacteria. So you should go to the hospital tomorrow and get the right kind of eye drops, which I did should be over here. And my I, eyes I do get kind of dry sometimes. But I mean, I admit I was just trying to like be lazy. So I go to the hospital the next day. That's also where um people buy drinks from the vending machine in secret because we're as basic when we're going through basic training, we're not allowed to like eat other foods. We're not allowed to um buy things from the vending machine. But some of the um the hooligans in my squadron, because they're um the the shizang, so like the other alternative service members who like stay at the base to like kind of help out like the squad leaders and all that. They're kind of intimidated by them, so they'll buy drinks for them and then. They'll um, put it into these um these um thermoses for them, like our standard issue thermoses, and then they'll help take care of the trash to leave no evidence. So it's kind of like um it's kind of like a very watered down version of prison if you think about the dynamics like between like the prison guards and the prisoners.
0: I mean, that's what I think. That's I, I kind of think that's kind of what military is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So um yeah there there's that but um it's it's kind of funny because um one way you can get outside food or drink is if somebody in the actual army knows you and visits you. Now you can't get visitors outside during basic training because like it's only like 2 weeks you can't waste time but over there on on a military base the army is um is in a higher position than alternative service members. So whatever they say goes. Now, unknown to me, one of my aunts has a family friend who's in the um, military. And um, she sent him to um, go check on me one day, which really caught me by surprise. Like, I was in the barracks. And they told him, and, and they announced, um, announced me, like, 116, go downstairs to the, um, like the the It's like the security desk. So I was like, shit, what did I? Because I, I mean, I screwed around every day. Like, there's something I could feasibly, like, get yelled at for every day. So I'm just like, okay, man, what did I get caught for? So I go downstairs. And then, like, our, um, 松队长, which I don't know how to say it, but he's like above the squad leader. He's like, the squadron, the head of the squadron. So the head of the squadron is actual military. He's like, yeah, I'm um, somebody you know is here to visit you. So I was like, who do I know? So then, yeah my my aunt's family friend comes, and he' was like, "Yeah, you probably don't know me, but um yeah, I just sure um your aunt's just like just told me to come here and check up on you and make sure you're okay because um you know she she just wants to make sure that everything's fine and I hear I have this treat for you this gave me this boba, and I hadn't had caffeine in like over ten days, so I had low tolerance, and it was like this was like eight p m so I couldn't sleep that night. That that's why I ended up going to smoke that cigarette with them with those people because like I was just getting up every like every few hours and like I was studying like so then I couldn't sleep so I just studied like the practice test questions for like the exam that we have at the end so like our exams like multiple parts one of the one of the um, exams is like during the beginning of um, basic training when we we had to take EMT classes and get EMT certification that's the first test the second one is like a bunch of like. Just understanding the laws, like, pertaining to, like, alternative service and, like, you know, if you die during service, who gets – who is the beneficiary? And, like, if you get hurt, who is, like, those types of laws? And, like, what happens if you skip work for three days and without without excuse memorize those questions? So I, I did pretty well on that exam, I guess, because I couldn't fall asleep that night. And I had nothing better to do but study. Other is, like, the physical. Usually it's – um running three kilometers under a certain amount of time. But for some reason, um, so the mask mandate has been lifted in in Taiwan almost completely indoors, outdoors, with the exception of public transportation. But on the military base, it's still in force for some reason. And because we're all wearing masks, um, I guess running for like three kilometers is not as feasible. I think the actual military still has to do it, but we don't. Because I guess... I guess all substitute servicemen are supposed to be pussies or something. So they replaced the physical examination part with them push ups. It's like forty five is hundred percent, thirty is eighty percent, fifteen is bare minimum passing.
0: So so right now you basically just finish basic training and then you are just starting uh, the, the next phase, which is like the fire fire firefighter training, right?
1: Yes. So this is my, um. I had to cross out my ID number, but this is my um, certifica- certification saying I um, graduated from that. It says 12 hours because there's like 12 hours of like bullshit classes that we had to attend. I don't even know what those classes are about because I was either like reading. You can't bring books, but you can bring printed materials like that you print like on like A4 sheets of paper. So I just printed a lot of articles that I wanted to read. I was either doing that or sleeping. Oh, it's like, it says on the back like what the classes are, yeah, so a bunch of bullshit how,
0: how long is the basic training for everyone the total like, oh two weeks Two, two, two months two weeks
1: no it's two weeks, like the military base basic training is two weeks, and then like you get a and then once you get like assigned to like wherever you're supposed to serve like the rest of your alternative service, that could range anywhere from like three days to like a few weeks and then there's oh there's another type of alternative service I forgot to mention it's called um, so like R&D alternative service so like if you have a have a, a master's or PhD in a relevant field then you get to apply for this and you're paid like actually a lot and a lot of people do this because it guarantees them like good jobs um, I think most of them end up at TSMC but then if you do that if if you're born after nineteen between after nineteen ninety four, then your sir then, then your term is a year and a half. If you're born between if you're born before nineteen ninety four, then your term is three years. So that's the that's the trade off. You get um, it's a longer term, but the pay is actually decent, and you get work experience at like TSMC.
0: Oh wow. Okay, but but the but I think they're phasing that out. Criteria is uh, but the criteria is you have to you have like some master or PhD, some some higher degree,
1: and also in a relevant field. So like, let's say your um your uh, your PhD is in, I don't know, like literature, you can't do it. Sure. Yeah, which which makes sense, yeah. but um yeah, and um apparently those people are the um the squad leaders say like those are the easiest ones to um to lead because they're a little bit more obedient and they cause less trouble cuz i mean they're they're let's face it a lot of them are like just more nerdy types <laughs>
0: yeah like mine um yes
1: yeah i mean mine it was it's interesting i think it's worth going to because um you meet people from all sorts of walks of life. Oh, I, I think I need to tell you some things that I overheard on the military base.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: And some thoughts that I have. One of the things I over Okay, before that. First day I go, because um, it's still like um pandemic mode over there, so like in the mess halls, they have like these um like barriers like for like for everyone. And there's a lot of like graffiti and permanent marker on all of them. One of the ones I saw like very first day was um <laughs> one of them was just written in simplified characters? <laughs> so you can tell how how unseriously people take this. I mean, I doubt the person who wrote that is actually like loyal to Beijing. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, but they wrote that to troll. It's like kind of just like like fuck this. One day, I went to um go pee, and I heard one of the guys tell the other ones saying that if we're in war and I find out that the PLA serves better food than we do over here, then I'm jumping ship. <laughs> and I think this might, it's like, um, I mean, if it says anything, like it doesn't mean that these people are just like, you know, hardcore like umau or anything. They're probably not. But it just says that most people just want to live normal lives and live stable lives. And the last thing they want is war I mean they're already making these sorts of like comments in passing, and like like Western media would have you think that like everyone here is like ready for like war and wants to like go like kick like communist ass or whatever, but this is this is the attitude the attitude is like yeah we're we're gonna get fucked if um anything happens, so um what's what are some escape plans what are some ways to um to um survive this? And, um, which really got me thinking when I was over there, I was like, well, over here, you have the draft draftees do four months to a year, right? And, um, they're not really, they're not serving because they're loyal to the regime here. I mean, some of them might be, but they're, they're doing it mainly because it's because they have to. And then you have the professional soldiers. Who, so, you know, on the mainland, if you apply to join the PLA, you, you serve three years, right? Over here, if you if you sign up to serve, it's four years. Now, to my understanding, most people would just apply for that because they would – it's hard to find good-paying jobs nowadays. And, like, um, serving in the military is easier than being a construction worker. Wow. Yeah. So if you think about it, the PLA, you apply – you might not even get in because the line is that long. There's so much demand for people to join the PLA. And of course, a lot of them do it for, um, you know, um, economics, financial stability and all that. But a a lot of them also do it out of like, you know, duty for their country. And I know a lot of them are probably like, shit, I can't find a job. I don't know what I want to do, but I love my country. I want to serve. That's a very different attitude than being like, shit, I can't find a job. I need to eat. I'm whatever about like, the politics i just um yeah i want i want to just sign up survive the four years and hope war doesn't break out it's a very different attitude
0: yeah I, I think that's something what many westerners don't understand there's no equivalent of like neo-nazi as of italian on taiwan i mean uh, there might there be isn't. Like people just cos- cosplayers but there's like no serious kind of this hardcore nationalist element in taiwan that would uh you know, he chose violence. And, and and this is because one of the reasons, you know, people make a lot of Taiwan-Ukraine um, comparison, but it's not it's not really valid because Ukraine is poor. Ukraine has been poor since the collapse of the Soviet Union. It was a, one of the worst former Soviet republics uh, that had emerged. You know, it's worse off than Russia, worse off than Belarus. But whereas uh, Taiwan— let's, see, let's, let's
1: just put it in crass terms. The West turned Ukraine into a shithole after the Soviet Union collapsed. Yeah, thank you. Taiwan is Taiwan is stagnant, but it's um thanks to the developments of like the 80s and like in the infrastructure and all of that. It's easy to get. It, it, we can still get by, and um, realistically, at some point, we're going to see reunification in our lifetimes, probably. And like after that happens, things are going to be pretty good over here. We have a lot of things going for us over here. It's just if um. If 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 um Washington D.C. Wall Street and London would fuck off, that would be a lot better.
0: I I completely agree. Um, I think my cat also not in agreement. He wanted to be part of this uh, unification conversation.
1: <laughs> Which is why I think it's so like it's so annoying just seeing all of these people talk about Taiwan. Like especially now, like when um you know tensions are rising and people are like. Like, okay, here's the thing. Like, Tsai ing is not, like, sh- she is not some sort of, like, hardcore separatist. She is an opportunist. And um, the problem is the hardline separatists don't like her. And, of course, right now she's, like, the U.S. is trying to turn her into a Zelensky. But there's a lot more obstacles for her to becoming a Zelensky over here than there are in Ukraine for Zelensky becoming who he is today.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody can see, you know, Ukraine. Why would you want to be a U- U- Ukraine? Why would you want to be, be bombed into the rain when um, currently the life on Taiwan is comfortable? You know, I, I, I would say, yes, this economy is stagnant, but it's still, um, like... Most people can still have like a middle class lifestyle, very very comfortable. You know, we, when you can play play uh, video games, why <laughs> why do you want to play neo Nazis? You know, right?
1: I mean, some people will, like bring up that picture of that high, many from many years ago, like some that one high school in Taiwan where like the kids like cosplayed as like Nazis. But if you think about it. Yeah, I'm not saying that's good. It's it's pretty fucked up, but if you think about it, outside of the West in Asia, like we're more focused. Like when we talk, think of World War II. We're thinking more of like the Pacific Theater, like and like the stuff that's happening out in the West. It's just like okay, there was like there was like the the Allies, and then there was the Axis powers, and um, Hitler was apparently this super bad guy. But then like you grow up in the in in a society where like there aren't really Jewish people, so you're not like really taught too much about the Holocaust from, like, this perspective of, like, you don't go to, like, Holocaust museums and, like, hear Jewish people talking about their experiences, so it, it's further removed, yeah, so exactly. it's, like, it's, it's a bunch of stupid kids just saying, oh, like, let's, let, let's, um, be controversial, Yeah, they, they just thought the
0: uniforms look cool, I mean, literally, that's just being beat stupid, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, the East Germans also thought the uniforms look cool because the East German uniforms basically look the same, just with all the, with the with the insignia just changed to um, the communist stuff. Yeah. So which and then so you have people thinking, oh, East Germans are like the bad ones because their uniforms resemble the Nazi uniforms, and they also do the goose walk. except exactly the West did. Germany, the actual Nazis
0: are actually yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I wish people would like just just like give it a rest it's like they use that picture as like proof of saying uh people in taiwan have like nazi attitudes it's like no actually most people here are just like pretty liberal and um the separatists are very liberal so like if you if you think about it the the people who are serving the imperialists they're like the more like liberal minded whereas like the people who are pro reunification are like more illiberal because um yeah, a lot of them have like fond memories of like a time like when like Jiang Jingguo was like leader. It was, like the older generation, and like back then things weren't as liberal. Like they'll they'll say things like, "Man, things in Taiwan were great." Like, we, like yeah, there was martial law, but look at what happened now after liberalization. You have all, you have this huge mess. Maybe maybe like this wasn't the right idea. And like, hey, they're half right. There there there's a lot of truth to what they're saying.
0: Yeah, people should listen to our uh, Taiwan history series because it really explains uh, the dynamics in the politics in Taiwan uh, and provides a historical perspective. Um, so,
1: yeah. yeah, and I, w- there was one thing I noticed a lot in um uh, in the um military camp. So um, if you go online, like the activist circles in Taipei, they have this thing where they refuse to call like the mainland the mainland, and they will call it China instead. I mean I guess Westerners won't understand it but from a Taiwanese perspective if you're in Taiwan and you call the mainland China what you're implying is you are not in China and China is over there it's a separate country whereas if you say the mainland what you're implying is we're two parts of a whole right so a lot of the activist circles they'll be like oh I'm, tomorrow I'm go- like my, my my family is visiting China tomorrow or something like that or um if you if if you if you um disagree with the system over here so much why don't you move to china like they'll say that sort of stuff but i noticed a lot of the people like i was saying but the majority of the people at um the camp because like they come from all sorts of walks of life and they're most of them are probably not like in those activist circles they'll just refer to it as lu like the mainland and now i'm sure a lot of them do think of like the two sides as like two separate countries or whatever but it's like they'll still call it like which what what does it tell us? It tells us tells us that a lot of this stuff is like very malleable and very um a lot of there's a lot of social engineering going on because until until like the twenty tens, most people still called it lu But then like in activist circles after that, people started calling like the mainland like just China instead. So something interesting I noticed.
0: Um I mean a lot of the objection the, the most common objection I heard from people in Taiwan about unification is like oh no then we won't be able to get on facebook or instagram or you know like if that's your you know biggest concern um that means it's actually there's there's not that great of obstacle i mean mean, like
1: yeah yeah really yeah i think this is the thing with politics when you are voting or if your politics are informed by your heart There's a lot of room for making these sorts of statements and being a little bit naive and more like utopian and just thinking in these sorts of um, ways that make um, people who are struggling in in their day to day life to like roll their eyes. But if if things continue the way they are going right now, you know, like we're being hollowed out by um, the U.S. and life gets harder. When people start engaging in politics, not with their hearts, but with their stomachs then um, it's th- those statements like oh we're, I'm worried about reunification because I can't go on Facebook which is not even true but um, I mean Hong Kong's been returned to um, been been handed over for how many years now like 20 like 20 almost 26 years and they can still go on Facebook and YouTube even on the mainland you can still go on if you just get VPN I mean if they really wanted to crack down they could even get rid of that loophole but yeah, I mean, at, at some point when people are thinking about people's livelihood and pl- placing that at fir- when that becomes the forefront of the discussion, and the mainland keeps on growing at its at the way it's growing now, then you're going to see the ties turning.
0: Yeah, I, I I I am of the same opinion, and 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 a lot of the objection also before you used to hear. About uh, reunification with Thailand, uh, with mainland, is that you know they're so poor. You know we, we're doing so, so much, and, and that is actually starting to go away because people realize yeah. uh, the quality of life has improved dramatically on mainland. So so that's why now the the main objection is like, oh no, we can't get on Facebook, you know, and Instagram. So. So and that too, I think will change in the future. So we'll see.
1: What if one day it'll be like um? What if one day it'll be like no? We want reunification because we want to use TikTok again. Like if TikTok gets banned,
0: <laughs> right? I and mean, shit, twenty years in prison for using VPN. You know, like that's so ridiculous. Like this, this is a. Twenty years uh, and one million dollars in fine. You know, how can people in U.S. say with a serious face that China is some kind of tech authoritarian state when your own government have this kind of ridiculous, over the top laws that uh, you know res- severely restricting people's freedom? Like in in China, you know, you might have to go through some hoops to get a VPN service, but once you have VPN. You know, there's almost zero consequences. You're you're definitely not going to go to jail for 20 years or or find a million dollars.
1: Yeah. It's um, also interesting. I forgot to mention the person um, who, um, so I'm 116, 115. He he, like slept on the bunk above mine. He actually grew up on the mainland. Mm. He grew Mm -hmm. up in Xiamen and then he went to, uh, he attended university in um, Guangdong.
0: Oh, wow, was it because his parents were uh, working in, in mainland at the time?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, he and he, um, some some Taiwanese kids who like grow up on the mainland attend schools for um Taiwanese compatriots. So like their education is the same as the one over here. He went to like just the normal like local schools on the mainland. So when he writes, he wrote in all simplified characters.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: except for his name, he would write his name in um traditional characters. Right. But that's that's about it. Right. And um. Yeah, we, we we thought it was interesting and like the way he talked cuz i mean he grew up in Xiamen and like shaman is like pretty close to taiwan the way they talk is like well the way the our parents generation talk is like identical but then there's like some shifts between the in the younger generations but like we we share a common most people in taiwan share like a common ancestry with them people in xiamen so like his accent wasn't very obvious but like there were some little things like um like his like when it's with his tones like you know like a little bit and like some of the vocab he used
0: okay yeah i mean this is something people especially in the west they don't realize there's like two million taiwanese people studying and working on mainland i mean that's out of a population of 26 million. That's almost like 10% of the Taiwan population. And, and, and that's, you know, that's not an insignificant uh, number. And, and people, for the you know, especially for those people who, you know, on a knee-jerk action always say, you know, if you love China so much, why don't you go there? You know, many people do. <laughs> many Taiwanese people do.
1: Oh, another thing I think I really want to mention is um gong the military base. I mean most the, the military in any country the military has to be illiberal you you can't like enforce a you can't discipline a military if you if if liberalism runs rampant right so like um it's it's weird because like it's one of the few places where like the era of like Chiang Kai-shek and Jiang jingguo can kind of still be felt over there. Like you see the slogans that are still up there. There's still there's still a, like fucking Chiang Kai-shek statue there, which is like you, they're not seen anywhere else in Taiwan because they all got removed and like put to his final resting place. It's like his statue graveyard because they just like Khrushchev went, did um desalinization when the DPP um came to power into in the 2000s. They did a de Chiangization. Yeah but that stuff is still there and uh, like all the slogans are still like very obviously like you know from like the KMT era which is really funny because like um the the main hall it's like a theater it's like where we had the um the induction ceremony and also like the um completion like the graduation ceremony it's called um Zhongzheng Tang so like Chiang Kai-shek Hall but on the very back because the current leader is ing Wen, there's a portrait of ing Wen. Like,
2: <laughs>
1: in her portrait, the front of the hall is the um, the, the the flag, the um, you know the the blue the blue the blue sky, white sun, red earth flag, with a portrait of Sun Yat Sen. So ing Wen is looking at Sun Yat Sen in Chiang Kai Shek Hall, which is kind of I find, I think it's funny. For those who don't know, um, the DPP came to power as liberal opposition to the to the KMT, which I think, I think it says a lot because, um, the DPP is a very liberal party. Whereas the KMT, well, it's kind of forced to adapt to liberalism, but it comes from non-liberal roots. And, be, and, and like, because the military has to be illiberal, like that there, the, the DPP is basically just like, Oh fuck. We just have to just kind of basically keep it the way it is. Yeah.
0: All the, all the top brass in the uh, Taiwan military are basically, you know, from, like, KMT background, right, still, so... Yeah,
1: it's so like, all the top brass, like, are, like, only, like, second or third generation Taiwanese, yeah. or, like, I guess before, like, and up until the 80s, they were, like, first generation, 80s and 90s, they were, like, first generation. Yeah. Like, they, they arrived from the mainland, so it's pretty, it's pretty interesting yeah. to say the least. It's, um... Right. So, yeah, any, it's... Any,
0: any final thoughts before we wrap it up? My, my cat and my dog keep on interrupting me.
1: Hmm. Not much that I can think of, but um, if people listening have um more questions about this, oh yeah, yeah. send this.
0: questions for Xiangyu, and and because so I'm gonna have Xiang Yu back once he uh do uh complete more of his um uh, selective service. You know, after he finishes the firefighting training, i have been actually in out in the wild, so I I want him to invite him back to talk about that experience. So people think about, you know, what question you may have for Xiang Yu and, uh, and, 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 and leave it in the comments below.
1: Yeah. Questions like, Hey, what's the food like, um, you know, during at the fire, at the fire academy or like, what, what was the food like in the mess hall in the military base or any other, like between our conversations that we had today, anything that comes to mind? Um, yeah, just ask and I'll address that in our next episode. And, um, our next episode about my um, alternative service. And um, yeah, final thought. Um, I think it's really funny how um, some deranged hate stalkers, at first when they when I announced my return to Taiwan to fulfill my service, their initial reaction was, oh, you're being, you're voluntarily going back to Taiwan to serve as um, a G.I. Joe and a puppet army of the U.S. imperialists. And then it's, when I specified that it's substitute service and how I'm actually not a military, they just kind of ignored that and just still kept running with that story. But then they noticed how like I came back to Taiwan, but I wasn't in the like serving right away. They started changing the story, saying, "Oh, he's just bullshitting. He he doesn't have to serve. Like, why isn't why is he going on like um on so and so show to talk about politics when he's in the when he's in the military? Like, isn't that a violation of like military policy? This is the fastest." How did he become a spokesperson so quickly? This is like the fastest promotion I've ever seen. So he's a phony. So I hope, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Um, this episode. For people who actually have some integrity, will kind of see where the truth lies. But people who just want to keep, continue smearing me because of um, personal vendettas, they're going to continue to say whatever they want. They can think whatever they want. But hey, um, firefighting is an essential service in any society. And I do truly believe that um my service is in some way, shape, or form, like giving back to the community over here. And I think as um as a citizen and a resident of um the Taiwan province, I do owe it to society here to like give back somehow, right? And I think this is a good way. Um that's how I'm just that's how I'm coping with the low pay. But um yeah, yeah, so well, not a G.I. Well, Joe, hey, but um, so I think always fire... Kind of
0: hate, but, you know, thank you for making that clarification for the rest of us, so for us to gain a glimpse uh, inside Taiwan society today, a uh, very specific segment of Taiwan society. So I look forward to your return and, uh, and enlighten us even more. Uh, uh, you know, you always have some good stories and... And good stuff. <laughs> For in these us. two hats—it's different.
1: <laughs> military is um, under the command of the Department of Defense. Substitute military service is under the command of the Ministry of Interior. Is that a fish? Two separate. Is that
0: a fish?
1: No, it's a, no, it's it's a guy smiling, in a, it's a happy face.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Okay. wearing
1: a hat it's it's so cartoony yeah. like the way like our alternative service stuffing is they just want the whole world to know hey we're not soldiers you, you, you're a joke got it so, got it it's okay. even on our uniform okay yeah this is how you can tell like us because like our uniforms look very similar to firefighter uniforms this is how you tell gotcha we also got a standard issue jacket for our firefighter uniform but once they got there they're like don't wear it because it looks too similar to the firefighter mm-hmm. um jacket that they actually wear.
0: Okay. Well. Yeah. That was certainly very enlightening, and I look forward to have you come back to the show.
1: I get a new laptop tomorrow, so I'm gonna probably be st- begin editing this and our other episode with um Zoe um really soon because I get um quite a few hours every day to do whatever I want.
0: Yeah. All right. So and and, and we if this show comes out first and know that we have another episode um, with Xiang Yu and and his friend uh, Zoe, who is actually a British uh, woman who was a tour guide for North Korea. So very, very unique experience. Uh, Make sure to look forward to that. Um,
1: She's actually going to the mainland tomorrow for a week. And I don't know what she's doing, but she says she's visiting Dandong and Shenyang in, in addition to Beijing. So I suspect it's North Korea related.
0: Hmm. OK, OK. Well, because now that China is opening again after, um, you know, just zero COVID policy is over. So so hopefully um, North Korea is next. Uh, and then uh, more connect connectivity, right? More connectivity all across mm-hmm. the globe. That's what we want. And uh, yes. Thank you, Xiang Yu, for um, making this guest appearance once again. Um, and thanks very much for Tuned in. And please leave a comment, leave a question for Xiang Yu below. So I'll make sure uh, they get to Xiang Yu next time uh, before he comes to the show. Um, thank you. And um, okay. to end
1: this episode, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, um, even,
1: even when I'm walking, even when I'm walking, I still hear my head eh, oh eh, oh or it eh, oh it eh, oh or it eh, oh eh, oh It eh, oh eh, oh <laughs> Boom Boom Okay, I'm,
0: I'm that uh, signing off <laughs>
2: Czas